Good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of The Bottom Line, our first Good News Friday uh, Bottom Line program for the month of November. We've got a couple of great updates to share with you about the way God is moving in certain areas. Greg Harris, the president and CEO through the Bible, is going to join me. Cliff Peliquin, Newport Bay Mortgage, has an exciting opportunity for people who are looking for a better way for education. You know, I think about what's going to happen on Tuesday. People have been turning in their votes already. Um, and I encourage you to get your vote in. If you need any last-minute recommendation tips, go to thebottomlineshow.com, and uh, you can download Roger's recommendations there. You know, I, it's interesting. I, when I think about the good news that we have in the culture right now, I think about the good news. I mean, as a matter of fact, uh, I'm old enough to remember, as many of you are, that uh, there was a, uh, a, back in the old days, as they called it, um, there was a, uh, a, a couple different. There were a couple different translations. Kenneth Taylor, uh, who kind of became the man at Tyndale House Publishers, um, w- was behind a, something called the Living Bible. And if you remember, it was it was a paraphrase. It was not a translation. Basically, what he did was he took the Word of God and said, "This is how I share the Bible with my kids in the evening or in family devotions." We don't read. King James or whatever, you know, and at the time in the 1960s, the Revised Standard Version hadn't come out yet. The New Living uh, Translation hadn't come out yet. The New International, there are a lot of different styles of, of Bible study, Bible reading, et cetera, et cetera. I've been finding myself reading the English Standard Version more than not, more often than not of late. But when it came to reading, then when we got to the Living Bible, someone decided, hey, we should publish this, and they did. And all of a sudden, the Living Bible paraphrase became extremely popular because it was the idea was, um, you know, to to have the opportunity to uh, kind of share this in a way that this is the way we kind of talk about it. Now, there was a potential danger, of course, with using a paraphrase. First, there was the full uh, Bible cover to cover, which was called the Way. And then there was a New Testament version only called Reach Out, which was what they were trying to reach out to young people with. The Jesus movement was starting to happen. It was very exciting. And then there was the uh, the Good News for Modern Man translation, which is kind of funny because they had the stick figures and stuff like it. Was kind of, if you remember that one, you do. But I remember that as one of the first copies of the Word of God that I was able to begin to kind of latch on to in terms of memorizing God's word. You know, there's a ministry called Faith Comes by Hearing. I mean, there's some, there are lots of different kind of apps. There's a version app and, and a variety of different other ways you can actually hear uh, the word of God recorded. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite things to do is just to go on to BibleGateway.com and they have a couple different versions of the Bible. You can go through it chronologically. You can go through it in a one-year format where there's a little Old Testament, a little New Testament, whatever. And then they have an audio version that's read by Max McLean of Fellowship for Performing Arts, which uh, Max is a regular contributor to the Bottom Line show. And matter of fact, his mom lives in Tustin. He's one of our, one of our Bottom Line listeners. So many ways you can consume God's Word. But one of the things I loved about that paraphrase, and that was basically the Bible that I read from junior high all the way through high school. As a matter of fact, my first radio job, I was still in college, and I was working in Central California, and I remember going to a Bible study at um, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. And that's what I had. I had a copy of the Living Bible. It, it, was, uh, it didn't have the pictures on it anymore. It was just the Living Bible. And I remember bringing it to a Bible study, and the only interaction I had with anyone in that group was a guy telling me that wasn't the Word of God, and I should come back next time with an actual Bible. 
And needless to say, I never went back. And if you're listening, whoever that person is, I did become a Christian. Actually, I was one when I had that. <laughs> I've been ordained as a minister. But the, the point was, there were so many people who got hung up on the translation. But I can still remember my pastor, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank him for, your an- for his answers. It was first passage of scripture I remember memorizing. I did learn the 23rd Psalm, but that's something everybody in the third grade Sunday school class had to do to get a free copy of the Bible, right? So I remember hearing that. I remember memorizing that. And then as I got older, it was easier to memorize other verses, John 3.16, Jeremiah 29.11, Romans 8.28, et cetera, et cetera. Invariably, though, it got to the point where I thought, well, wait a minute, what if I am memorizing this stuff, but I'm just getting a bunch of verses. I don't get the whole story. When I was in my early 20s and a college student back in Southern California working in a local radio station in town, I remember being a part of my church uh, where uh, we had a guy who was a high school teacher, a couple years older than me. He was the, he had left teaching because the teaching world was kind of going through an upheaval. He decided to become a youth pastor. And so he was the youth pastor at our church, handled the high school and junior high. And I told him I wanted to help him out by volunteering with the high school kids. He said, this is great. You know, we'd love to have you. And so he said, what I want you to do is I want you to start a Bible memory group. And I said, what do you mean Bible memory? He said, well, just that. I mean, you take a copy of scripture and you commit it to memory, but then you sit down with the kids and challenge them to find a book of the Bible to memorize. Now, by then I graduated to the New International Version. I know, I know some people are like, NIV, that's not the Bible. Well, Anyway, that was the first real study Bible I had. I tore that thing up. And in reading through the NIV, it was hardbound, that kind of uh, uh, burgundy type of cover. He looked at me and said, Pastor, does anyone stand here? He said, "Um, why don't you take Romans chapter 6 and memorize it? And then I'll get some kids that if you can come down one afternoon a week to the church, uh, you can meet with these kids. And basically what you do is everyone just holds each other accountable. Pick a uh, chapter in the Bible. Uh, didn't have to be a whole book. Uh, he picked Romans 6 because that was a bit of a challenge to get Paul's ideology. It was one of the best exercises I ever had. And eventually, I learned Romans chapter 6. I learned First John chapter 1. I learned Ephesians chapter 5 and 6 at one point. I mean, it kept going on from there. And I found that as I memorized Scripture, It was a pretty easy assignment. You just drill and drill and drill and drill until you work on it. But when you know it from memory, it's a lot easier to study and dig deeper because you don't have to keep referring back to the pages. So why do I bring this up? Well, there's two reasons. First of all, and this one may be a little more daunting than the other, the first reason for memorizing Scripture is there may potentially come a time in our culture. Okay, let me back that up. I didn't want to be too maudlin, but there will come a time. If you're living in California, if you're living in Colorado, one of the more liberal states in the union, there will come a time when the law will collide with the gospel, when the laws of the land will be written in such a way that the Bible won't be banned per se. Remember, though, during the revolutions that happened in the Soviet Union with communism and everything like that, the church didn't go away. It was just taken over by the state. Many European nations, there's a Church of England, the Church of Scotland, the Church of Germany. I mean, there are different churches that are sponsored by the state. And as a result, the church has to play by the state's rules. 
there are enough Christians, I believe, or people who profess faith in Christ in the United States right now to where if the United States government passed a law that said you cannot talk about sin, you cannot talk about disparagingly about people who are transgender or homosexual, this, that, and the other thing. And we now will have authority as the state to uh, look at everything that passes through. Remember, there was a bill, Joe Dallas came on from Genesis Biblical Counseling a couple years ago. There was a bill here in California that would have made it illegal for anyone to profit off of any sort of product that would encourage someone or coerce or force someone to renounce homosexuality. And that went far enough to say, if you were, say, for example, part of a counseling ministry, you believed in biblical counseling, that was Joe's deal, and you wanted to talk about ways that somebody with unwanted same-sex attraction could get rid of that same-sex attraction, you could not charge the people who were coming to your event for that ministry. Now, worse things have happened. It would not be the end of the world if people doing ministry work couldn't charge for the ministry they were doing, but it would mean they'd have to be creative with fundraising. And then the states would come after you for, oh, your 501c3 status is stripped. And it would really be a a, a bit of a strain on the church. It wouldn't be an insurmountable problem, but it would be a strain. Well, interestingly enough, there is a man right now who is making a name for himself by stressing the fact that Bible memorization, which is going to become more necessary for people who might wind up not getting a copy that the state approves of, of the whole word of God, we need to hide this stuff in our hearts. And Tom Meyer is a professor of Bible. Uh, He has been a professor at Shasta Bible College in Reading for quite some time. And once he got to 20 complete books, remember I was talking chapters, right? In the book of Ephesians, chapter five, chapter six, book of Romans, chapter six, um, I got somewhere with some of the Psalms, but not all the way through. Tom Meyer, there are 66 books in the Bible, and Tom has m- memorized nearly a third of them. So if you have that in your heart and you have that as a talent, is it a novelty or does it inspire others to do the same? I want to talk about why Bible memorization is making headlines and the idea that it takes not only that long to learn it, but then to be able to share with other people may just be the best evangelism tool the church in the 2020s and the 2030s has to offer. We'll talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn, and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption, and the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month 
donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and we're talking Bible memorization. This is a good news story because Tom Meyer, who's a professor of Bible at Shasta Bible College in Redding, California, has earned the moniker of the Bible memory guy. And here's Bible memory man, excuse me. Reason is he has committed 20 books of the Bible to memory. And he has gone to various venues all across the country to actually um, to, to share what he knows. About two weeks ago, well, October the 15th, he went to the Institute of Creation Research Discovery Center. He and six other Bible memory experts got together and they performed what was called the Great Recital. They wanted this to coincide with the Feast of Tabernacles, you know, when the nation of Israel would gather together and they would have a celebratory reading from the Torah. So basically what they did is they got the great recital together and they read parts of the scripture, but the key was they did this from memory. So they did the New Testament, all 27 books, all 180,000 words. So it's Tom Meyer and uh, six others who uh, they, they chose not to bring in trained actors. They found, quote-unquote, regular people who fear God and his word. Uh, they found Scott Firebaugh, who's a retired school teacher, uh, Brittany Schlichter, a church secretary, uh, Tim Frud, who's a podcaster and a journalist. And basically, they put together, uh, they all used different translations, whichever one they were most uh, familiar with. Um, Frud, for example, has the had the task rather of presenting both the Gospel of Luke and the Epistle to the Galatians. He says, for example, remember I mentioned there's 180,000 words in the New Testament. 25,000 of them are in Luke, and to recite it from memory takes over two hours. <laughs> Amazing and yet so inspiring. How many people would hear the Word of God? Scripture tells us faith comes by hearing and hearing comes from the word of God and would hear those words spoken from memory and then it would inspire them. It would inspire them to do more. I, I, I'm reminded of uh, in the scene in The Chosen. And by the way, the two weeks from today, The Chosen season three will be releasing episodes one and two of that season in theaters nationwide. And I really encourage you to go see them. As a matter of fact, we will have tickets uh, for those to give away here on the Bottom Line Show. When we see Jesus, you know, giving the Sermon on the Mount, for example, you remember that scene? I was in the earlier, either season one or season two, where Jesus is giving the Sermon on the Mount, but as he's preparing for it, he's actually rehearsing it. And there were a lot of people who said, wait a minute, why would Jesus, why would the Son of God not just get up and speak everything perfectly? You know, and, and I, I appreciate how Dallas Jenkins responded to that criticism. He said, you know, he's fully God, he's fully man. We know that he spent a lot of time praying to his father. The question that we would have is why? Why would he pray? Why would he spend so much time talking to God if he's part of the Trinity? Was that the humanity side of him that needed to? Jesus, fully God and fully man, did he speak perfectly? He wasn't prophesying at birth. He kind of came up through the ranks the way we did. Does it make sense that Jesus would potentially need to, quote, unquote, rehearse or run through 
the Sermon on the Mount? Well, that's a good question. I think it's a fair question as well, especially when you consider that those of us then who hear these words, can you imagine what it must have been like to hear the Sermon on the Mount the first time? You're just rank and file. Jesus is going out there doing his thing, and next thing you know, here he is. And he's talking about this. And he's he's just being Jesus, right? How amazing is that? And you hear these words and the words transform you. This is the thing about memorizing scripture and sharing it with other people that is so powerful. Let's not forget, faith does come by hearing. Hearing comes by the word of God. And the word of God, when spoken, does not come back void. If you know someone in your world who says, you're talking about something and it might be something of a negative nature, they say, don't, don't, even, talk, don't even put that out there. Don't put those words in the universe because they might come true. My words don't have that impact. Your words don't have that impact. Only the words that are infused with the word of God. The word of God has that impact. But me saying, oh, I hope that guy doesn't get a flat tire, that, that's not going to happen because I said that. But there's something about the seven rank-and-file folks memorizing the entire New Testament and then presenting it at the great recital that's very awe-inspiring. We have a link for the information about that up at thebottomlineshow.com. It was a great event, I'm sure. Well, as this Good News Friday continues, a great report coming out of a part of the world where there's been a lot of heartache, a lot of bloodshed, and a lot of people of the Christian faith aren't getting the headlines they necessarily deserve. Our good friend Leela Gilbert with Family Research Council uh, has a piece up at a place called the Washington Stand. It's a brand new publication online that I'd never heard of before. Uh, Leela is Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom and Coalitions Coordinator at Family Research Council. And she has great news coming out of the Islamic Republic with regard to the way Christians are standing up for our faith, especially young women. We're going to talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Want to continue receiving income into retirement with little market risk? Dennis Wilson and Wilson Financial Services can help you secure a permanent income and benefits addressing your risk tolerance with professional advisory knowledge. You have a large 401k or IRA as your retirement nest egg. How about a four-dimensional plan that will pay you and your spouse income for life without stock market risk? How about we include inflation benefits so your income goes up annually? How about we include extra income benefits for long-term care? And if you need one or both, you both have it. That's right, permanent income inflation benefits, long-term care benefits with no market risk. We have put over $50 million of our clients' money in the 4D account in the last few years. These clients are sleeping way better at night. Learn more when you call Wilson Financial today at 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I love the way God works. I love the way in his economy we see things that look like they could be harrowing and awful. Um, And at the same time, God gives us the vision. It's kind of almost like those infrared glasses, you know, type of things where you're night vision. That's what I was thinking of, where you put on the glasses and it's totally dark but the vision is changed because of what you are now able to see because of what the treatment is with the lens and this, that, and the other thing. And uh, if you could think about this, how we as Christians can literally put on our night vision goggles in the darkness of the world that we're living in right now 
And instead of seeing the darkness and being frustrated by it, instead of seeing the situation as hopeless or helpless, we as Christians can see what's happening in the world around us and see what God is doing. You know, if you've ever been in love, <laughs> you've ever had that moment where you're going to pick out a stone. I realize that there's a new generation of kids, uh, young people, my, uh, all three of my daughters who are married, are wearing engagement rings and wedding ring sets that are not the traditional diamond or diamond solitaire or the gold band or white gold band or whatever. They've kind of gone for stuff that looks really shiny and looks really beautiful, and they love them. I mean, they love their guys for getting them for them, but they aren't the traditional diamond, per se. But I remember, I mean, this is how old-fashioned I am. I'm kind of wandering into a little area here of (laughs) my family history. When Lisa and I were dating, and we realized that God was bringing us together. We went through some really foundational and formational things the first six months we were dating, and then was like, okay, this is it. We, we knew it was only a matter of time. And it took us a good year from that moment to get to the point where yours truly was finally down on one knee holding up a, an engagement ring. But when it came time to shop for the ring, there was no question we were going to look for a diamond. And I found a beautiful ring. It was custom made, and it was just a great fit and thank you to jenny over at south coast jewelers in um in uh south coast plaza area uh who did a fantastic job with their uh with making a custom uh, not only engagement ring but wedding ring for my wife I, i remember the first time shopping for a diamond for her and realizing that the best way to see how perfect the diamond was was to set it against a dark setting black velvet typically that's how you can see whether or not there are imperfections or whether or not it's a good diamond. And what's happening right now in Iran with the Islamic Republic and their abusive regime, I think gives us kind of a black velvet background to see what God is doing. And he's curating these diamonds in the rough uh, who are Christians. Leela Gilbert, our colleague and a good friend, known Leela for many years. She currently serves with the Family Research Council as the Senior Fellow for International Religious Freedom and the Coalition's Coordinator at FRC. She has a piece up at a publication called TheWashingtonStand.com about what's happening, and she just posted it earlier this week. On an afternoon in mid-September, 22-year-old Masha Amini was viciously attacked in Tehran by Iran's so-called morality police. According to the Associated Press, Masha was, quote, severely beaten by the security forces in a van and was taken to the capital's Khazra Hospital due to the severity of her injuries. Reports indicate that her death, ultimately, was due to a fracture of her skull due to heavy blows to her head. The reason for Masha's arrest and subsequent abuse is hard for us Westerners to fathom. She was attacked because she was not properly wearing a hijab a required-by-law head covering for all women, Muslim or not. Some of Masha's hair was exposed, and for this, she was beaten to death by the so-called morality police who were enraged at the infraction. Iran's authorities surely underestimated the surging anger that followed this attractive young woman's death. In the first days afterwards, the streets of Tehran were increasingly flooded with angry protesters, and until today, protests have spread to every corner of Iran. Defiant women, Leela writes, have publicly ripped off their hijabs, burned them openly in the streets. Angry men and boys are bravely marching alongside these women, fighting off the police and declaring their solidarity. The response of the regime has been vicious, even deadly, but has failed to quell the crescendo of chanted protests. In intense standoffs, the police and other authorities have been assaulted. 
Now, for decades, those of us who have reported on Iran's religious, religious oppression have noted that the abuses of women and Christian converts are widespread. Why? Because both are perceived by religious leaders as threats to their radical Islamist cult, or Islamist cult, rather, which rules the country with male iron fists. But worst of all, in the mullah's eyes are former Muslims who have converted to Christianity. Farsi and Persian-speaking Christians who meet in house churches are illegal. They frequently suffer violent invasions, arrests, and sometimes even death. They are at least as proactive as Masha and likewise suffer severe abuse. Radio Free Europe and Radio Liberty reported that in May 2022, one of the most powerful striking trends of the year before was the increased involvement of Iran's powerful Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps in the crackdown of Persian-speaking Christians. The IRCG was responsible for 12 of the 38 documented incidents of arrests of Christians or raids on their homes and house churches in 2021. Leela continues. Iranian Christian converts often point out that the harsh violence which takes place in the name of Islam, including the recent uproar over women's hijab violations, has deeply disillusioned young Muslims. Unsurprisingly, many of them have been introduced to Jesus and have converted to Christianity in ever-increasing numbers. To make matters worse for the regime, today's Christian conversions bring together two of the mullah's most despised rivals, courageous women like Masha and spiritually inspired Christian believers. It is widely reported that women comprise a substantial portion of Iran's house church leadership. In fact, one underground church overseer told the Washington Stand that seven of the 12 churches he works with are led by energetic, courageous women who are all converts from Islam. For the first time since 1979 in the Islamic Revolution, then during the recent demonstrations, Iran's Christians have publicly spoken out against the regime in an act of great courage. 300 Christian leaders have added their names to a declaration, and the declaration is posted at thebottomlineshow.com. What price will be paid by these 300 outspoken Christian signatories? The cost for their courage could be excessive and perhaps even deadly. However, along with more than a million Iranian Christian believers, they are counting on a lasting and eternal reward, one that is not of this world. Great reporting there from our colleague Leela Gilbert today here on The Bottom Line. A Good News Friday story about 300 Christians, new Christians in Iran, who have signed a declaration. It's several paragraphs long. We'll post that whole thing at thebottomlineshow.com. But pray for our new brothers and sisters in Christ who are facing persecution, all because a 22-year-old woman, I mean, this is how God works in his economy. A 22-year-old woman dared to uh, defy the mullahs, take off her hijab, and when she, she was wearing it improperly, they said. So her hair was shown just a little bit. But that was enough to start a revolution. And God is using it to literally light a fire under the feet of Islamist or Islamist Muslims who are converting to faith in Christ and joining our kingdom. It's great to hear what's happening overseas. And on this Good News Friday, we continue with a, my monthly update with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, our monthly visit with Greg, coming up next as the bottom line continues. From the studios of KBRT in Los Angeles, California, the flagship affiliate of the Bottom Line Show, I'm Roger Marsh, host of the Bottom Line, joined for this segment for our monthly update, uh, joined by Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org. And if you haven't downloaded the Through the Bible app at Google Play or the App Store, why haven't you? And if you, if you aren't listening, at least listening on the My Hope Now app, why aren't you as well? Greg Harris, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. Always a great joy, Roger. Thanks for having me. What Was that a, enough righteous guilt 
maybe a little uh, holy persuasion there to get people to get. I mean, you've moved into the digital world. You mentioned in our last conversation, and people might chuckle. They go, wait, Jay Vernon McGee, the old guy, right? You know, yep. thus say yep. it. And, and you pointed out something, Greg, that I know you've shared with me for years. And it really hit me between the eyes in our last conversation. And that was when Jay Vernon McGee started doing through the Bible or just Bible teaching in 1941, radio was almost 20 years old. It was yeah. the new medium. Yeah. And so, so to see through the Bible now with apps, with video on demand, with uh, different types of apps that we'll talk about in just a moment, um, it, it's par for the course that through the Bible would be ahead of the curve because that's the way it's always been with Dr. McGee's ministry. Well, I, I used to have a, a mentor, a lovely Christian gentleman named Max Dupree, uh, who was the, the CEO of Herman Miller, a Fortune 500 company, and wrote mm. an amazing book called Leadership is an Art. And I used to go fly up and spend hours and just, you know, he would mentor me and he would share, we would talk about things. And one of the things that he said to me in one of our conversations was, old anchors can sink new ships. <laughs> and he had a real way with words and mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. So I think the challenge uh, that all of us who have been in radio, radio is and continues to be. We are not down on radio, Roger. We are up on everything. <laughs> in right. fact, I, I think the biblical basis of everything that we're talking about is First Corinthians 9.22, where we know the Apostle Paul said, I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means, I might save some. Well, Amen. that's we're in the all possible means business. OK, yes, yes. that's that's what these conversations are about. We you know, we're not in love with any one form of media. Uh, what we love about media is it reaches people and it reaches people in in highly personal ways, because, uh, you know, what's that old saying? Who you who you really are is who you are when you're alone. Right. When right. you're by yourself right. and the door is mm -hmm. shut. So often the media that is that we're using that is touching people, they're they're alone. They, they're not always alone, like watching a TV program or. Uh, but I would say the majority of people, they're in their car alone or they're listening on their phone through their headphones alone. And mm -hmm. we have a chance to bring people the eternal truth about the the God who loves them, who created them and who has saved them. Uh, and we're bringing that to them when they're when they're alone and they're willing to open up their heart to those things, maybe in ways they would never set foot in the door of a church because it would be too many barriers for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when you're talking about the, those barriers, it's interesting, as some of our previous conversations have centered on the lack of a true biblical worldview in the American church. That might in its, of itself be a barrier to someone who comes into a church that says, wow, I, I get hit with this and it's a it's a little too hard. You know, right. I, I'm used to the church where there's a band and there's uh, Greg Harris on drums and Roger Marks on bass. And <laughs> and we're playing all the cool, fun, you know, Hillsong songs yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And then the Bible teacher comes in and gives us three steps for being a better parent and then off your way. And I'm not suggesting right. those aren't godly sermons, but it does seem that if only one out of three American pastors has a truly biblical worldview, that when you do encounter someone like that, that would be a challenge. And yet the personable style of Dr. McGee, the great Bible teaching of all the teachers in the different languages in the Through the Bible Network does give us an opportunity to say, yes, we are. It's true. We should not give up meeting together. But that one on one that you can get with the media uh, yeah. expressions that Through the Bible has, uh, that's becoming more and more valuable each day, isn't it? 
Well, it is. And the and the pandemic, which we, we all know the downside of the pandemic and the and, and where I'm not in any way belittling or discounting the massive suffering that has taken place, not just here in North America, but don't forget, we have friends around the world. Mm-hmm. Uh, for example, in Uganda, the, the guys that are working on our radio ministry there had to literally risk their lives uh, to leave their homes to get to the studio. I mean, has that mm. have you ever felt you were risking your life to get to the studio? Never. Roger? Never. Okay. I mean, maybe maybe driving on the 210 or the 10, yeah. you know. Yeah, maybe well, that, okay. That's the 55 as... in rush hour traffic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you okay. know that, that road all too well, too. Yeah, yeah I do. And, and, but but seriously, we're talking about uh, real life and death of uh, people being beaten up if they left their homes. So lots of suffering from the pandemic. But the upside is we've heard from people all over this continent, North America and all over the world, that the shutdown gave them extra time to engage with the Bible teaching of, of through the Bible. And that, that, that's God at work in the middle of humans' darkness. Amen. Amen. And I'm, I'm so glad to see the way the Lord continued to work. And it really did, in many senses of, of the word, it really strengthened the church, I believe. I mean, the true church. Yeah. And, and at the same time, you and I both know there are a lot of people who profess faith in God and are going to hear the depart from me. I never knew you part of it, yeah. which is un- unfortunate, but that's going to happen through the Bible's ministry is here to strengthen those who are here and, and those yes. who remain and who are growing in the gospel. Uh, give us an example of what you've seen just in the past couple of years since we're using pandemic to be that that period of time for a lot of people. It's going to be a mile marker. Um, over the past couple of years, you've talked about how the ministry's grown. Can you give us an example, maybe with a letter or some kind of electronic communication? Sure. Yeah, I, I immediately, my mind goes to a listener that uh, we heard from in Poland. And I don't have the letter right in front of me, but it was such a powerful story. I, I probably will never forget it. And this man, he, he was uh, homeless and he got he got COVID and somebody took him to a hospital. And he said I, he remembered being alone in the hospital and looking out the window and all he could see was a brick wall. And uh, he, he just thought to himself, you know, this is how it's going to end for me. I'm going to die here in a hospital with this terrible disease. And I'm going to be staring at a, a brick wall. And he just, you know, he just felt hopeless. And then somebody in the hospital came and introduced him to the Through the Bible radio program and he started listening and not only did he get saved by listening miraculously and they told him he was going to die the doctor said you know this is serious you're not going to make it and god chose to heal this man and mm. bring him back to life and he he just said i'm actually thankful that i got covid because because of this so mm. you know unbelievable only god could do something like that Yeah, and those are the kinds of stories that we like to share in our monthly get-togethers here on The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, the host of The Bottom Line, along with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and also the Through the Bible app, which is now available on Google Play and the App Store. And you'd mentioned there are way more apps available on the uh, the Apple Store than there are at Google Play. So for And I'm grateful that we have our little, it was Romans 14 part where, you're the we could replace the meat and vegetables part pretty much with Android and Apple users, could we not? I mean, in terms of you know, yeah. Thank you, thank you for dwelling with men of lowly estate here with my Android phone, where I have the uh, I went to Google Play for my uh, TTB app, but 
you've seen the downloads increase like crazy, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. we have. And what we're also thrilled about is this, that w our technology team, which is just, uh, God has brought us, I pinch myself when I, when I have meetings with these uh, men and women because they are so talented and they could make so much more money you know, working in the secular world. Right, they, right, very true. You no, know, I, I mean, I, I remember years ago uh, meeting with uh, the, the head of CBS Studios, who was a wonderful Christian man, and uh, this was 10 or 15 years ago, and he said, well, you know, we just hire kids out of school and give them $100,000 a year and, and uh, you know, to work to work in our TV studios. And I, and I said, Mike, you know, a lot of ministry leaders don't make that kind of money. Mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so, you know, the idea that that these highly skilled uh, technical people will make that sacrifice and work with us and that they have enabled us to add the full Bible in over 100 languages into our app, as well as uh, the teaching of Dr. McGee associated with that. Um, and what that means, Roger, is I, I think about this. And I, if we have time, maybe in the next segment, we could talk some more about this. You know, there are, depending on how you count it, there are at, at minimum 45 million, uh, I would call them biblically sojourners, people that mm -hmm. are not primarily from this country. I know the word immigrant tends to raise political overtones, but there, the Bible talks a lot about ministering to the sojourner, the person who they're not in their homeland. And if you, if you look at households where English is something other than English is spoken, you mm -hmm. get into much higher numbers than 45 million. You get close to half of this country has a household that doesn't uh, speak exclusively English. Mm -hmm. And this this one app of through the bible you could you could meet someone who is from another country who speaks another mother tongue and say what what language do you speak and show them on the ttb app say did you know that god speaks your language mm, how wonderful what a, what a wonderful and encouraging thought to yeah. share that with someone I, I think that's such good news uh greg harris my guest today here on the bottom line president and ceo of through the bible ttb.org and this is definitely a ministry that speaks your language. Download their app today at Google Play or the App Store. We'll take a quick break, and when we continue, more conversation, more letters to share, uh, more updates from the ministry of Through the Bible coming up next as the bottom line continues. Don't overpay on interest and fees by going with the wrong lender. Newport Bay Mortgage won't charge you points on your reverse mortgage wherever it is possible for them to do so. You will have peace of mind with the possibility of having additional cash to draw from to pay for unexpected expenses. Owner Cliff and his team do what they can to maximize the amount of cash available to you while minimizing the cost of closing. The result of having another stream of income relieves stress that you didn't even know was there. You'll save thousands by working with Newport Bay Mortgage because they avoid charging you points and they will never tack on unnecessary fees when considering ways to relieve financial stress in, before, or for retirement. You need Newport Bay Mortgage. Visit kbrightradio.com slash reverse. Contact Cliff today. Call 714-741-8080. 714-741-8080. NMLS 332559. Newport Bay Mortgage is an equal opportunity housing lender. Greg Harris is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, uh, broadcasting from the studios of our flagship affiliate for The Bottom Line, which is KBRT in Los Angeles. And I, I point that out. I know our Southern California listeners might be scratching their heads saying, well, duh. I mean, we know AM 740, AM 1240. But uh, this our conversations that you hear every month here on The Bottom Line show 
are also released to all of the Crawford network. And so uh, they're broadcast in Birmingham and Detroit and Buffalo and places like that, too, which is just a small portion of the different places that Through the Bible is heard over 1,400 outlets between uh, the U.S. and Canada. And that's just, so that's just the North American total. And it's interesting, Greg, when we talk about um, the videos, we talk about the ways people are uh, consuming the media that's produced by Through the Bible internationally. Oftentimes we do hear about, uh, you know, maybe a small home group or something like that where they can't really get together for church or, uh, you know, they're meeting in shop rooms, things of that nature. But this home group phenomenon has really taken off literally worldwide now in places that it's growing stronger in places where you wouldn't ordinarily have thought Through the Bible would have a home group presence. Talk about that. Yeah, well, and and as you know, I like to often go back to the beginning, to the birth of these things. And and you and I have have talked about this. You know, we we are we hope we are serving our listeners right now. The people that if you're listening and you are a follower of Jesus, I hope you're learning not just oh through the Bible's a great ministry and God's doing wonderful things, but how do we do the ministry? You can apply these things to your own life. And you know, Matthew 28, you know, that we often say is the Great Commission where, you know, it says in the English, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, right? right? Well, actually, and I'm not a Greek scholar, but I did go to seminary and, you know, dabbled in Greek. And the <laughs> Greek is actually as you go. In other words, I, I think what Jesus was saying, well, as, as you go, as you fan out, to make disciples while you're going. So ministry happens while we're going. It happens while we're just doing the next thing God gave us to do. And this whole home group thing started in a very similar way. Back in seven years ago, in 2015, I was in India with one of my favorite global leaders, George Philip. Uh, and he, he said, Greg, I have this desire in my heart to take through the Bible, not all of it, because I want to get it into a couple hundred extra languages. Uh, and we want to start these groups where people can listen systematically to, say, six books of the Bible and just get introduced to systematic Bible study in languages that have literally almost nothing in terms of Christian content. Mm -hmm. And at the time, I didn't really see it. I said, well, you know, we're through the Bible. We do the whole Bible. Well, Roger, I love it when God proves me wrong. And, <laughs> and so three years later, I was back in India in 2018, and he started sharing stories of, of what was happening in these groups. And, and, then, and then I went to Bangladesh, and we were beginning this home group idea in Bangladesh. And I met people. I met people from a Christian denomination. I'm not going to name it, but they said, until we studied the systematic teaching of the gospel of Luke, we did not know that Jesus was God. Hmm. And it was as if wow. the Lord tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, give them as much of Dr. McGee as you can, even if they don't get the whole thing, get them excited about systematic engagement with scripture. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to today, we now have over 20,000 of these groups in South Asia, in countries like India, like Pakistan. We have over 3,300 groups meeting and listening once a week to Dr. McGee's teaching in the country of Pakistan. I mean, just let that sink in for a minute. Mm. 3,300 groups. Um, you're talking about thousands of people, Roger. We're also in places like Nepal and as I mentioned, Bangladesh. But to your point, what's happening is other parts of the world are hearing about this. And we are beginning to do this in places like Bosnia uh, in Central Europe. Um, 
we even are doing a really exciting uh, version of this in the country of Suriname. Uh, yes. now, now, Suriname is a country you almost never hear people talk about. Don't feel bad if you don't even know where in the world it is. It's actually the northern part of Latin America. Okay. And there is an amazing story that, that is behind this, uh, the starting of these groups. Um, and I, I want to make sure we have enough time to tell it. Do we have? Yeah, a, correct. A yes, minutes? we do. Okay. Yes, all right. Sure. So we all, we all know about Jim Elliott, 1956. Right. He and four others were martyred as they were trying to reach the Aka Indians in Ecuador. And that literally reverberated around the world. Well, I never knew, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. This there was a man named Ivan Schoen who was a construction worker. He's a carpenter and he was in New York City and he was on a construction job on his lunch break. And he read the story in the New York Times about the martyring of these five missionaries. Now, he was a committed believer and he had been feeling the Lord pulling on his heart. He folded up the newspaper, closed his lunch pail, went down to his boss and said, I quit. I'm going to go train and become a missionary uh, in South America. And so he went to Bible college and after a couple of years of Bible college and he got some medical training and so forth, he, he went to the country of Suriname to the Wayana tribal people. Hmm. And th- I, I could tell you a much longer version of this story, but the long story short is he learned the language, uh, just by writing phrases on, on three by five cards. Eventually they translated the Bible the, the whole Bible was just printed in Wayana in, in the middle of COVID. I think it was in 2021 where they, they actually released the entire Bible in the Wayana language of oh Suriname. Uh-huh. And these folks live there. They're, it's very uh, pretty primitive the way they live. And, but they, they have been coming to Christ in droves and now they want to reach out to the other tribes and they literally go on canoes up and down the river for oh weeks wow. and they witness and they share and they are so excited, Roger, that we're going to give them through the Bible. We're going to pick six books of the Bible to start, and mm-hmm. they're going to start forming home groups. This Love is it. in the jungles of Suriname. Wow. That's inc- it's incredible. <laughs> to, well, to think of jungles where you were describing, because I mean, yeah. Suriname to me sounds like it would be somewhere in the Middle East or something like that, not Latin yeah. America. But secondly, too, and this is a point I think we, we can underscore again here with Greg Harris of Through the Bible, the fact that oftentimes when we think of the Through the Bible ministry, we think it's Dr. McGee going verse by verse, Genesis 1 all the way through Revelation 22. And we don't think in terms of the fact that you as a ministry have become a lot more strategic in terms of saying, okay, well, if you can't sit everybody down with all, you know, 66 books, why don't we take six? You know, why don't we take a smaller, let's do weekly instead of daily and that type of stuff. And these home groups are proof positive that that is proving to be a very effective outreach and ministry as well. It's true, Roger. And again, it's, it's, uh, we've said this in prior conversations that we've had. It's so important that the, uh, that you are, crystal clear on your mission. When you lead a ministry, you need to, you need to be really clear. What is it we're trying to do here? Well, it's the whole word to the whole world. So somebody could rightly challenge me and say, well, Greg, how are six books of the Bible, the whole word? And my answer is, and and I could give a much more, you know me, I could always give a a more detailed answer. We don't have time. But what I can tell you is that I've met these people and there's one word that comes up in almost every response we get from the home groups. They say this systematic study of the Bible. There are people, 
millions, hundreds of millions of people who even who are Christians who have never understood how to systematically study the Bible. And mm -hmm. I would rather give them six books of systematically studying the Bible, and then they will bring what they're learning to the rest of the Bible. Right. Because right. The, the goal of Through the Bible is not to get people to listen to Dr. McGee. Now, some people may be shocked to hear me say that. The goal of Through the Bible is to point people to the Word of God and Jesus Christ, the living Word, and the Amen. Word of God, the written Word. That's what we're about. Amen to that. And I'm glad you brought that up because as you were articulating it, I thought, well, of course it's not about Dr. McGee. And Dr. McGee would never want to make it about Dr. McGee. But it's interesting in the culture that we live in how many people would be tempted to say, well, there's the star, there's the centerpiece, there's the, 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 the points north point of this whole ministry. And the beautiful thing is if you do try to shine that spotlight on Dr. McGee, he deflects it right over to the cross and to the word. And that's where then the ministry of the whole word to the whole world becomes so relevant. Greg Harris is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh, ttb.org. Greg is the president and CEO of Through the Bible Ministries. We'll talk about more about what's happening in this remarkable season. We're Through the Bible coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. When you're injured in an accident, you just want to be treated like a human being. But when you are denied what you need to make a quick and full recovery, it can feel dehumanizing. Stephanie Cover puts her client's total healing first, and that means fighting for a settlement that respects you as a human being. The insurance companies don't necessarily care about why you need a settlement, but they know that it means they will lose money. Stephanie will stand up for a dollar amount that values your life and the full process of your complete restoration. Even when the insurance companies are doing their best not to pay you, you have a leg up because Stephanie Cover used to work for those same insurance companies. Getting you well-positioned for your full physical, financial, and spiritual recovery is Stephanie's goal in working with you. Save her number now or call 877-214-4935. That's 877-214-4935. Then fill out a contact form at kbrightradio.com slash coverlaw. Stephanie Cover, she knows the other side. Welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Our monthly update with Greg Harris, the president and CEO of Through the Bible, ttb.org, and of course you can find it through the Bible app at Google Play and the App Store. Uh, Greg, we were talking before the break about home groups, and I would imagine yeah. the testimonies just keep coming in from people. All You mentioned the tens of thousands of home groups that are worldwide that are benefiting from Dr. McGee's ministry and really seeing the focus on being the Lord, the Word, the whole Word to the whole world. Yes. And, and I love that systematic theology. That made me feel so uh, seminarian at that point. Talk like that. <laughs> Well, and, and, you know, one thing that I always try to balance when I share with people about the ministry, you know, it's exciting to hear big numbers, the scope, you know, thousands, millions, whatever that big number is. But uh, it, it's also important that we try to humanize those numbers. These are real people, and they're just like you and me. They may have different cultures. They may dress differently, speak another language. But I've learned this as I've traveled the world, Roger. Human beings have pretty much the same needs. You know, we all want right. love and family and friends and security and meaning and all of those things. So let's just humanize this and and talk about uh, names of, of tribes that I've never even heard. And I've spent 35 years in this world. Okay. Mm -hmm. So just when we say, uh, I also didn't mention how many languages we're in. We're, we're, we are developing these home groups in over 150 languages, which is mm. stunning. It's wow. a stunning number. Okay, so here, here are just a couple of them and little snapshots of what 
what those languages mean. Uh, this one is called Garagia, and it's in Rajasthan, mm. West India. Uh, and 95% of the Garagia faithful are still fledglings in their faith. I'm reading from a report that I got. There is a great need for both the people and their leaders to grow in the faith, and there is a thirst among them to match this need. 101 radio home groups are to be launched among them from a distribution, and this was held back in March of this year, so not that long ago. And I just want people to get excited about Imagine a tribal group called the Garagia. Uh, they're faithful. They love the Lord, but 90, 95% of them are just babies in their faith. And imagine, I, I really doubt that the John MacArthur study Bible is in Garagia. And I, you know, I'm all, I, you know, I, 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 you know, I'm not, I love the guys at grace to you. They're great friends yeah. and I'm not making fun, but I'm just saying, I doubt that any study Bible, I doubt there's a commentary. I doubt there's a website. Just imagine we get to go into theologically virgin territory, if you will, mm -hmm. and, yeah. and offer the most highly respected systematic teaching of the Bible that I'm aware of on earth. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm not bragging. That's what God did. I have, Roger, I've been all over the world. I've met, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people and leaders from all different dozens of different countries. Nobody ever has said to me when I'm in country X, hey, you know, I'm sure it works for everybody else, but this is not good for us. You know, it doesn't mm -hmm. work for yeah. us. Right. Everywhere we go, people are clamoring for through the Bible. Mm. And I appreciate that clamoring. I mean, more and more, the more we have good conversations, Greg, because it gets us excited to hear of what is energizing you in this mis this mission and ministry. And I, the time always goes by much too quickly. And as I'm <laughs> grateful that we're going to have another conversation next month to get more caught up on everything that's happening with the ministry through the Bible, through radio, through audio, through video, through the app-based uh, mobile devices, everything that you're doing, and uh, seeing how it's reaching people literally literally taking the whole word to the whole world, but doing it one person at a time, uh, personalized in such a way that you're speaking their language. And I think that's just remarkable. Greg Harris, president and CEO through the Bible, ttb.org is where you find them online. And of course, Google Play in the App Store. Greg, always a pleasure. Thanks for being with us today here on The Bottom Line. It's a great joy. Thank you, Roger. Well, these are great conversations, and I'm so grateful for the uh, international ministry. Greg Harris has such a great background. Uh, now as the president and CEO of Through the Bible, he also worked for Transworld Radio and Far East Broadcasters. Uh, Greg has a business background, but also uh, theological training and a master's in divinity. And I appreciate the fact that this is something that a uh, young man, uh, when Greg was a small child, basically God laid on his heart. The desire to do international missions and these work with these three of the foremost international Christian missions to get the whole word to the whole world. He's literally just uh, been a, a real breath of fresh air for me, a very great encourager uh, in the walk of faith. You can support through the Bible's ministry by going to ttb.org and, and uh, reach out for joining the world prayer team. And also, I uh, want to encourage you, uh, Greg would never do this, but now he's not on the air, so I could say this too. 865-BIBLE uh, is the toll-free number to get through the through the Bible. And I know they don't solicit donations and financial support, but that's how the ministry continues to thrive and grow. And I believe that uh, we have a golden opportunity here to stand in the gap with our brothers and sisters at Through the Bible's radio network and podcast and television ministry 
to continue to get the whole word to the whole world. For our KCBC audience, enjoy the rest of your day. You've got Rabbi Schneider and Discovering the Jewish Jesus coming up next. For those who remain on the network, an interesting testimonial from a television star who's making notoriety uh, for publishing his biography and talking about the first time he ever prayed before his life went off the rails. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. Well, good news, good news, good news. Welcome to this Good News Friday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and I want to share this with you because it's encouraging to me. This is good news, not in the sense that, hey, isn't it great? Somebody prayed a prayer and all their problems went away, Uh, but rather someone who is starting to walk through a season of life where he knows that something in his world happened and it changed him for the better And there's only one way to describe it, and that is, I didn't do anything on my own. Now, I don't know if you've ever watched the television program Friends before. This is a TV show that launched on the NBC network in the early to mid-1990s. As a matter of fact, I want to make sure I get the the actual start date here, because there were a couple of shows um, that that had very similar formats. Uh, When Friends went on the air... It made its debut on the 22nd of September, 1994, and it was on the air through May the 6th, 2004. It was on for about 10 years. Um, There was a predecessor to that program uh, called Living Single, and the only difference between Living Single and Friends, well, there are a couple of things. Television began to recognize that there were a growing number of people in their mid-20s who were starting into the adult years of their lives, and they were trying to navigate adulthood. And because they, uh, you know, were, were in that process, Ellen DeGeneres had a program called These Friends of Mine on ABC. They eventually just called it Ellen. Um, the Friends show on NBC did made its debut in 1994. But prior to that, I was working for the Fox Network as one of their staff announcers. I was the brought to you by guy, you know. Uh, Friends was brought to you by, you know, I would tell you who the commercial was. But there was a show on uh, Fox back in 1993, made its debut in August, called Living Single. Uh, six African-American 20-somethings, four girls and two guys, uh, lived in a Brooklyn townhome, a group with a bunch of apartments and stuff like that. There were three girls living in one apartment, a couple guys living in another. And they were trying to navigate adult life. It was a very successful show on the Fox network, so somebody at NBC said, well, hey, we should do our own version of that. And ABC did the same thing. So the television program Friends had a big, bigger imprint, I think, than Living Single. But Living Single was the forerunner, and basically Friends was a, it was Living Single with an Anglo cast. The, you were, do you remember the cast of Friends? I, I'll tell you what, what, I have a very love-hate relationship with a lot of 80s and 90s television, because in all honesty, I think that there were some shows that were so immensely popular and they wound up screwing up the culture, royally. Gilmore Girls, don't get me started on mother-daughter relationships, right? Um, Friends is another one bunch of 20-somethings. They all just kind of wander around and some of them have jobs and some of them don't. They don't, I mean, they kind of date each other and they don't, there's, they don't really seem to have any guidance. They almost kind of stumble into, you know, accidental situations where, but their friends are always there for them. And that was what I think what a lot of America missed is the idea that there were a lot of people in Generation X, friends were the poster children for that, who grew up in broken, divorced homes, didn't necessarily have a faith structure, and they basically just figured, if I've got six to eight people about my age, uh, my kids have a group of friends they call the main hang, these are the people we all hang out with, um, that they'd be okay. Well, 
Jennifer Aniston, breakout star from Friends. David Schwimmer was on there too. Courtney Cox. But Matthew Perry was an interesting guy. He played Chandler Bing on the show. Kind of an oddball, kind of an awkward type of guy. Um, he played this for 10 years, and he just recently released his autobiography. It's called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing. His memoir, talking about the fact that he started drinking alcohol when the age of 14. It was a feeling of euphoria, he said. He said, I drank a bottle of wine, and I lay in the grass, and I was just in heaven. I thought to myself, this must be the way normal people feel all the time. It led him to want to pursue a life of fame, and by the age of 23, he was acting on Friends, or was it 24, 25? And for 10 years, he was making a lot of money, having a ton of influence, and he also developed an addiction to painkillers. At one point, he found himself taking as many as 55 Vicodin per day. He said, I I would never drink or take anything at work, but there were times when most every day I would shake up blindly hungover. I was shaking and hungover. I just couldn't make it pass. As a matter of fact, when they had one of the biggest events on the Friends program, one where the Chandler character is getting married, he was in rehab at the time and literally had to have someone from the rehab facility drive him to the set. He was in so much pain, his colon burst. And he had to have a colostomy. He spent five months in the hospital. He spent $9 million on rehab. So why am I telling you about Matthew Perry's woes? Because he recently gave an interview to the Christian Post where he talked about his prayer life. He said, I'll be honest with you. I gave an interview to Diane Sawyer of ABC and said, you know, the first time I ever prayed, I look back and I feel kind of stupid. It was a dumb prayer. Basically, I prayed that God would make me famous. I said, God, do whatever you want to me. Just make me famous. He was living in Ottawa, Canada at the time. His dad lived in L.A. He moved to L.A. By the time he was 18, he was pursuing stardom, but he was drinking. And he kept drinking and kept drinking and kept drinking until eventually the the bottom began to drop out on his lifestyle. He said, you know, it's very interesting, but I realize right now that I'm on the other side of addiction And this is the end of his book. He says, there's a light that's been shown as if to a desperate man who needs help. The same light that hits the ocean, the sunlight, and the beautiful gold water glistening. People don't want to believe in that, but I like to tell them, go stop a wave. Go make a plant. It's not fun to talk about this. I don't like talking about it, but I know it's going to help people to talk about it, and I know I've got to change. Is Matthew Perry about to pray a prayer for real? It sounds like he's heading in that direction. Please keep him in prayer as you consider his lot in life. Hey, let's take a quick break. And as we continue, it's Good News Friday to hear about someone who once was so lost, they literally blew out their colon with addiction. God can reach into that life and speak into that life. But the question then for us, especially as we get older, is what kind of legacy are we leaving for our children and grandchildren? And what kind of legacy are we living right now? Cliff Peliquin at Newport Bay Mortgage has a way that you can utilize a reverse mortgage to actually do more than just leave some money for your kids when you die. Let's talk about that living, lasting legacy that a reverse mortgage gives you the option to do. Cliff's going to tell us about it coming up next as the bottom line continues. Let Wilson Financial Services help you identify proprietary financial strategies for your wealth that work for your life. Let's revisit our one-year CD. 
had a client who had $500,000 of retained earnings in his corporation for the last three years. I said, if you'd have put that into this account three years ago, you'd have seventy-five dollars to $100,000 of interest versus what you have now, which is a nice round number. I had a client sell his house, had 450000 in the bank. I told him, if you're really not likely to buy a house in the next 12 months, you want to leave this in the bank earning nothing? Or would you like to earn some interest on it over the next 12 months? So he said, how much? I said, well, how about between twenty and 30000 He says, zero versus twenty or 30000 Yeah, he says, I like the twenty or 30000 Sounds better. Aren't you tired of earning nothing with all the money you have in the bank? Call 800-696-9970. 800-696-9970. Or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash Wilson Financial for simply better alternatives. When a young mother hears her baby's heartbeat for the first time, everything changes. They know that's a baby. And when you partner with us and Preborn, you let them see the ultrasound image and God takes care of the rest. Roger Marsh here for Preborn, our newest member of the Bottom Line Show family. Preborn is helping women by helping them see their child on the ultrasound, hear that baby's heartbeat for the first time after getting that pregnancy test, and you'd be amazed at the results. So far for the first half of this year, more than 25,000 babies have been saved through Preborn, and 25 ultrasound machines have been placed. Now it costs $28 to provide a free ultrasound for a woman who's facing an unplanned pregnancy and wondering what to do with the child. We tell her what option number three is in addition to option one and two. Option one, of course, you're a mom. Option two, legally, you can get abortion in some states. But option number three is adoption. And the ultrasound makes option number one or three much more palatable. Call 833-850-BABY right now. Make a $28 donation to save one life. Make a $28 a month donation to save a life each and every month. That's less than a dollar a day. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-2229, or click the preborn banner when you go to kbrightradio.com today. Well, a special guest joining me here on the Bottom Line Show, and this is a great uh, chance to get reacquainted with a dear friend, Cliff Peliquin, Newport Bay Mortgage. We've got a link for Cliff up at thebottomlineshow.com, 714-741-8080. Cliff, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. And thank you for uh, being able to be on the Bottom Line Show again. We certainly have appreciated it in the past. Yes. Well, we are so grateful that you are here with us now because of your friendship, your partnership, but also we're living in some very challenging times, it seems, for people who, anytime you mention uh, home purchases or home equity or lines of credit, things like that, um, a lot of times people get kind of nervous. This is a very seemingly unprecedented time for high interest rates, high prices, things of that nature. What You've been doing this a long time, Cliff. What's the market look like to you right now? Well, let me put it this way. Occasionally, we'll see an advertisement for veterans. Veterans, you can pull out 100%. I don't like that. Veterans do not do that. Rates are high. Remember, you must pay it back. So refinancing on today's market is almost out. Mm. However, there's also purchase, and there's also what we call HECM loan or reverse mortgage, and of mm. which we are very much involved in, and would like to make a few comments concerning that. Well, let's do that because I'm sure there are a lot of people who think, oh, yeah, I know all about that. That's that thing where they give you a little bit of money from your home, and then at the end you have to sell it because the bank comes and comes charging in after you. You and I have had many conversations over the years, Cliff Pelican, about what a reverse mortgage actually is and what it isn't. 
kind of take our listeners through the basic steps of what a reverse mortgage is. Well, first of all, it is a Federal Housing um, Administration loan, FHA, mm-hmm. and no one takes your house on any kind of real estate that you own simply because of the type of loan. Now, when it comes to uh, the when it comes to the uh, mortgage, let me rephrase that. There's complements and there's non-complements. If you ask anyone who has a reverse mortgage, what do you think? They'll say it's great. Thank God for it. We have freedom that we don't. However, if you ask those that may inherit that house, you're going to hear a lot of negative, and uh, that is not good. So my thought is those who hear that negative, if the ones who say don't do it are willing to pay your taxes and your mortgage payment, they control by no means. But if it's only for receiving a greater portion on the deceased, God help us. Mm-hmm. That's not good. Uh, Cliff Pelquin, Newport Bay Mortgage, 714-741-8080 is the number to call, or just go to capebrightradio.com forward slash reverse. Cliff, who is a candidate? Who's the best candidate for taking advantage of a, 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 a reverse mortgage from Newport Bay right now? Well, number one, a person can purchase with reverse mortgage, must be 62 or over. It would take approximately 50% of a down payment and then no payment for the rest of your life as long as you're living in that property. Number two, when you have equity and your age is 62 or over, then subject to the amount that you owe and the equity, you can pay off what you owe, receive the cash in hand, and a year later, perhaps even have a line of credit that on today's mortgage, you're receiving approximately 6.5% interest rate, which is unheard of. Mm-hmm. Wow. Now, let's go back to that. Let's go back to that. When that person who has reverse mortgage, and by the way, I have a reverse mortgage, mm-hmm. deceased, what happens to that line of credit? It goes right back to equity for their heirs. Hmm. Interesting. So the line of credit is there if they need to use it, but if they don't need to use it and then they wind up leaving it to their kids or their, whoever their heirs may be, that goes right back into the equity of the home. Correct. Now wow. let's go to the situation where uh, I don't need the money. I, I don't wor- worry about my heirs. Then there's another aspect. What is wrong with getting a reverse mortgage and being able to bless those that you wish to bless while you're alive? Mm. Giving to charity for mm-hmm. those that you often wish that you could, now you can and be blessed by that. And there's so many charities that are uh, serving the needs of people all around the world. Mm-hmm. You know, I love that when you bring that up, Cliff Pelican, with Newport Bay Mortgage. Because it's so easy to think in terms of, boy, it's really great that there are so many people who are doing good things in the ministry world, but I never could. You know, I mean, I don't have the resources or, you know, and I would really like to be a blessing. So maybe when I get time to the end of my time here on earth, I'll leave a gift and that'll happen when it happens. 
but you're basically saying you can kind of have a living legacy right now and say, well, why not tap into the equity in your home, use a reverse mortgage. You can use it to, you know, lower your monthly expenses, pay off some bills, whatever you want to use it for. But you could also use it to support that ministry or those ministries right now. You don't have to wait until you're home with the Lord. You could do that right now. That, that's got to be a game changer for a lot of people who are wondering, how do I tap into my equity responsibly and then kind of leave a gift that will last eternally? Absolutely. Now, I thank God for the, the opportunity to talk about reverse mortgage. However, I would like to switch the subject quite a bit and talk about today's schools. As mm. you know, there are major problems. Uh, there's uh, things that are taught in our school that we didn't, we're not aware of when it comes to uh, COVID. That turned out to be a blessing because now parents know what they're being taught. And the tragedy of the union in some schools are telling the parents they have no right, no say-so of what is being taught to their children. And we look at that with, with great um, fear in, in what is taking place. Now, I also like to think of what Paul often said after he made a comment and he said, so that, and then whatever comes after the so that, then we can see how God is blessing. So anyway, Christian schools, so that, and that is that we can teach the word of God to children and um, uh, such as train up the child in the way that he should go. Right. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Proverbs 22, 6. Mm-hmm. So that. Now, what is keeping many people from the Christian private schools? Finance. Sure. What if so that there was a school or organization and several campuses that says, $100 per month for the semester, 100 Now, with that being said, there was one lady that came and was just thrilled over the fact that she now can bring her child, uh, that she was homeschooling into the school because otherwise she could not afford the schools that are out there, many of them just doing a great, great job. Orange County Christian Learning Centers with an S. If you went to www.orangecountychristianlearningcenters.org, you can get more information. And you know, the beautiful thing about this, Cliff Bellaquin, is that you mentioned that legacy part. This is a classic example. This is a, a charity, a, a nonprofit that's near and dear to your heart, of course, education. And the fact that we'll have orangecountychristianlearningcenters.org up at the bottomlineshow.com website as well. The idea that someone who's saying right now, you and I both know in Christian education world, that when it comes to who can help foot the bill for Christian education, oftentimes it's grandma and grandpa. The grandparents are the ones who say, we have the resources and we can go ahead and make this happen. But when you talk about what you're doing right now with the home equity line of credit, with the reverse mortgages and the living legacy that you're talking about, this is a perfect way for grandparents to take advantage of the equity in their home, do a reverse mortgage or a reverse uh, equity line of credit and have the opportunity to bless their grandchildren right now, to bless the schools right now with the kind of education the kids desperately need, especially here in the People's Republic of California, 
where the public school system, and I know a lot of great teachers and administrators who work in public schools who are brothers and sisters in Christ, but overall, they're working against a system that's fighting against their values, that's really making it more and more difficult for parents and grandparents to see their kids get a quality education. And Orange County Christian Learning Centers, through the work of your efforts, Cliff Pelquin and others, is really helping people find that way. Well, I'd like to give a story about uh, this. A uh, little over two years ago, almost two years ago, my precious daughter of, uh, t- just turned 59 within three days, and she passed away with cancer. Hmm. And prior to her death, she, about a week, she talked to her mother and said, if I could only send one child to a private school, a Christian school, and take that child out of public school, it would mean so much to me. And then again, so that, so that that child could come to know Christ and and live for Christ. Now, right after that, a great friend of mine from Christian Businessmen Association made an announcement to our CBMC group. We are starting our first class in September for Christian education with only $100 a month. Now, with that, my daughter was able to take what small amount that she had after she passed. We decided that it is not our money. It is God's money. Amen. And was able to send six children to, uh, for a full year. And uh, what is also great, there's still more there to do more, more for, for the glory of God. Amen. And so, so that, and that is our children will know the grace of God. And I have letters that uh, the parents are so grateful for. And one of them, our family is so grateful that we found Orange County Christian Learning Center. And it has transformed our children's lives. Mm -hmm. They're getting a great education and so enjoy the teachers and other kids and really love how to get uh, to know and enjoy Jesus so much more. They have already had several kids receive Christ as their Savior this year, what is called OCCLC, has greatly enriched our children and family. Now, this is one of the fathers that has two children, two children in the school. And so enrollment for this coming year that has started already has doubled from the enrollment past. Wow. That's fantastic. Joy, the, the joy to hear nine children from age 9 to 11, quote, without making a mistake, all the books of the Bible, Genesis to Revelation. Mm. And with, with joy in their faces, and then see their dancing class and, their, and how that they seem to enjoy the fellowship with other children in a Christian school. And thank God for all the other schools that has a how much higher tuition. They're doing mm-hmm. a great job. Don't stop giving. Yes, yes, absolutely. Cliff Peliquin is with me today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. Cliff with Newport Bay Mortgage, 714-741-8080, or go to kbrightradio.com forward slash reverse. We're talking about reverse mortgages and how to leave a lasting legacy. And, of course, Cliff has, has uh, put uh, his full support here as he's, uh, you know, motoring through these uh, these senior years of life and saying, hey, this is a place that's important to me. Orange County Christian Learning Centers.org is up at the bottom line show.com. This is just one example 
of how you could take advantage of a home equity line of credit, how you could take advantage of a, uh, a, a basically a, a reverse mortgage, as it were. Uh, if you're age 62 or older, uh, you do qualify for most reverse mortgage programs. So this is a great way to tap into some of the equity in your home and to say, hey, let's bless someone. When you go to the Orange County Christian Learning Centers.org website, you're going to be stunned to see how reasonable the tuition is and how much good you can do with the resources that you'll be able to use from your reverse mortgage. Cliff, the reverse mortgage program, we know it does take a little bit longer than a quote unquote conventional program does, but it's well worth the effort. Uh, talk, kind of give us an idea of what the timeline is like. And uh, you, you'd already mentioned some of the rates, of course, obviously we're not going to quote dollars and cents in terms of how much someone would potentially have in terms of equity that they could take out of their home. But kind of give us an idea of what the process is involved for someone who wants to reach out to you and say, I want to get that reverse mortgage application going because I want to bless my grandkids with a better education. First of all, we give them a, a, a form or there's about 88 pages to review for their benefit to ask, ask questions. And then there is a counseling session that adds about one hour that you have the ability to ask whatever questions you wish. Then you go forward. Typically, a reverse mortgage is going to take a minimum of two months. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes sooner, sometimes longer. But the only way it's going to ever come to an end and get it done is to get started. <laughs> Amen. Amen. The journey of a thousand miles begins with one step, I think the uh, the old uh, wisdom declares. And this is... uh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And just it. one last comment sure. about the Christian school. And what we're looking for on calls, churches to donate two to three uh, classes per week. And also uh, let the church members become missionaries as volunteers. And the last one that we uh, uh, opened a campus with, over 50 people came forward and said, how can I help? How can I help? And was so excited about being able to help without fee. But they're missionaries. Mm -hmm. Yes, and now more than ever before, that is the, the type of mission work that needs to be done as we sense the day of the Lord's return is growing ever near. And I'm grateful for Cliff Peliquin and his uh, support of the Bottom Line Show, his support of Christian education, and the way he can help you facilitate this kind of missionary outreach with a reverse mortgage from Newport Bay Mortgage. 714-741-8080 is how you get in touch with Cliff. 714-741-8080. Or you could just go to kbrightradio.com forward slash reverse. I like that little, uh, the, the irony that you have to tap a forward slash before you write, write, the, write the word reverse. But that's the way you get in touch with Cliff Peliquin through the uh, Bottom Line Show Kbright website. So uh, we're grateful for everyone who will reach out to Cliff today and get the ball rolling on this process. Cliff Peliquin, it's great to have you back in the fold here with us on the Bottom Line Show. Thanks for the work that you're doing to help people with their mortgages, to help people in Christian education and to uh, support the quality Christian programming as well. Thanks for being with us today here on the Bottom Line Show. Thank you very much, Roger, and God bless the audience. Well, that is great news, and we've got the link for the school up at thebottomlineshow.com. And also, if you want to contact Cliff about getting a reverse mortgage, there are many different types of them. 714-741-8080. You need to be 62 or older to qualify for most reverse mortgages, though there is a program for people age 55 and up. 714-741-8080 or go to kbrightradio.com and I love this. 
because we're talking about reverse mortgages, kbrightradio.com forward slash and then the word reverse. You'll figure that out. You know, the good news about what's happening in the world right now is life is changing. Times are changing. The world seems to be getting darker in some regard. But early on, like I was talking about having that x-ray vision, that night goggles, if you will, where you can look at the darkness of the world and see the light and see the good thing that God is doing. You can see people being healed from addiction. You can see people recovering from dependencies. You can see people looking at their home right now and saying, hey, how do I turn a mortgage payment into a mortgage surplus that I can use to spread the good news of the gospel right now. Let's think differently. Think outside the box of the way the world is thinking right now. Put those God vision goggles on and you'll see the real light that is shining bright in the midst of the darkness against the backdrop of sin. That is the good news of the gospel and that's the bottom line.